Then comes the continuation of the set of the text, the saying of Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, where he explains the meaning of the shahada. So we've heard the evidence for the shahada, now he gives the meaning of it. He said, وَمَعْنَاهَا لَا مَعْبُودَ بِحَقٍّ إِلَّا اللَّهِ لَا إِلَهَا نَافِيًا جَمِيعًا مَا يُقْبَرُ بِدُونِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ مُثْبِتًا الْعِبَادَةَ لَهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ فِي إِبَادَتِهِ كَمَا عَنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ فِي مُلْكِهِ He said, and its meaning is the meaning of the shahada, the testification that none has a right to worship except Allah La ilaha illallah He said, and its meaning is None has the right to be worshipped except Allah La ilaha Nothing has the right to be worshipped Is a negation of everything Which is worshipped besides Allah Illallah except Allah Affirms worship for Allah alone And that none is given any share of worship Along with him just as he has no sharer in his sovereignty. Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizullah, said in explanation, his saying, and its meaning, is, la ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah, in the meaning of the shahada, is, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Meaning, the meaning of la ilaha illallah, is not as is said by the people of falsehood. La khaliqa wa la raziqa illallah. So here Shaykh Razan refutes some common misunderstandings of the people. You'll find many people, if you ask them, what's the meaning of the shahada? Either they'll just give you a word by word, you know, a, few, a few words which they don't understand, or they'll give you a wrong meaning of it. Shaykh Razan refutes two of these wrong meanings. Of this most basic thing of Islam, shahada. Because it does not mean, what it does mean, is none has a right to be worshipped except Allah. I.e. that la ilaha illallah, its meaning is not what the people of falsehood say. That there is no creator and there is no provider except Allah. Because this is tawheed or rububiyyah. This is tawheed of lordship. This is how many Muslims understand the shahada and many people understand the shahada or explain the shahada to mean that. What's it mean? It means there's no creator except Allah. Or there's no provider except Allah. That's the way they understand it. Shaykh said, so this is wrong. Because that is just tawheed of lordship. The mushrikun, the people of shirk, agree to that. But they would not say, La ilaha illallah. In people of shirk, even in the time of the Prophet wasallam, they used to affirm that Allah is a creator. They, they believed it and affirmed it. They used to affirm that Allah is a sole provider. But they wouldn't say the shahada. They would not say, they refuse to say the shahada. So that's a proof that the shahada does not mean Allah is the creator. The shahada does not mean Allah is the provider. And Shaykh Ghazan quotes an ayah in evidence of this, or two ayahs, he said, Surah Safat, the 37th surah, ayahs 35 to 36 with the explanation when it was said to them say la ilaha illallah none has the right to be worshipped but Allah 
they became haughty, they became proud. And they say, are we to abandon worshipping our gods for a crazy poet? Sheikh Ghazan said, Alihatina means ma'budatina. In those things which we worship. Are we going to abandon worshipping those things that we worship for a crazy poet? This is what they said when it was said to them. Say, La ilaha illallah. Say that. So they responded. Are we going to give up worshipping those things that we worship in favor of a crazy poet? I mean, they knew the meaning of La ilaha illallah. It meant giving up the worship of those things that they worship. It's very clear. Shaykh Razan said, majnoon. They said, in favor of a crazy poet. He said they meant the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They described him with poetry and madness. Because he had said to them, Say, La ilaha illallah. Say, La ilaha illallah. We worship it Allah. And he forbade them from the worship of the idols. And when he said to them, Say, La ilaha illallah. They said, Sheikh Fazal mentioned another ayah that they gave in which mentions what the response that they gave. So when he said to them, Say La ilaha illallah, they said, Has he made all of the objects of worship a single one who, to be worshipped? This is something very strange. Shaykh Razan said, They thought that the earlier they thought that there were many objects to be worshipped. They thought there were many gods to be worshipped. So therefore this shows that its meaning is La Ma'buda bihaqqin illallah. I mean, the response, even the response of the people of Shirk shows what the meaning of La ilaha illallah is. They refused to say it I mean, because they understood what it meant and they refused to accept it. The meaning being nothing truly deserves worship except Allah. Whereas if its meaning were there is no creator and there is no provider except Allah then they agreed to that and they did not question it. So if that were its meaning they would not have refused to say La ilaha illallah. Because they used to say when they were asked who created the heavens and the earth they used to say Allah. And when they were asked, who creates? Who gives provision? Who gives life? And gives death? And who controls the earth? They used to say Allah. They believed and they would say Allah does so. They acknowledged this. So if that were the meaning of La ilaha illallah, then they would, they would have consented to it. However, its meaning is none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. So Shabbat makes a very clear distinction here that we need to clearly make. That the Shahada does not mean there is no creator except Allah. Does not mean there is no provider except Allah. I mean, there is no Lord except Allah. It doesn't just mean, doesn't mean that. Well, it means none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And the people of Shirk understood that and that's why they refused to say it. They refused to give up the worship of those things they worship besides Him. They understood the meaning of the Shahada and they refused to say it therefore. Shaykh Razan said, 
if you were to say, correcting some more errors which people make when they explain the shahada, the meaning of the shahada, he said, if you were to say, la ma'muda illallah, if you were to say, nothing is worshipped except Allah, if you say, the meaning of it is, nothing is worshipped except Allah, this would be a great error. Because then all the objects of worship would be Allah. High and exalted is Allah above this. And that would be a wrong understanding of shahada. Someone said it means nothing is worshipped except Allah. Then the point is the Shah makes. What about all those things that are worshipped? We know they're worshipped. We see other things besides Allah being worshipped upon the face of the earth. So if the shahada meant nothing is worshipped except Allah, then that would mean that all those things that are worshipped falsely, they are Allah then. Which is obviously some people should they actually say that. That's what that's what they say. So this is false. This is not the meaning of shahada. Nothing is worshipped except Allah. Rather, if you restrict it and you say bihaq, nothing is truly or nothing is deservedly worshipped. Then all the objects of worship are negated, except Allah the perfect and most high. And nothing is worshipped in truth. Nothing <coughs> is worshipped rightfully except Allah. Then, if you say that, that's the correct explanation, then you've negated all of the objects of worship except Allah, the Perfect and Most High. You must therefore say, La ma'buda haqq. None has the right to be worshipped truly. Meaning, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. That's the meaning of the shahada. Then he explained that in accordance with the wording of the saying, La ilaha is a negation, anafi. It negates the worship, the right to worship from everything besides Allah. In Allah, this is affirmation of worship for Allah alone, with no partner. So, la ilaha illallah includes nafi and ithbat. The shahada, la ilaha illallah, none has a right to be worshipped but Allah, it includes nafi. Negation, and it includes affirmation, these two. And Tawheed has to have negation and affirmation. Both. Affirmation alone will not suffice. I mean, there's something to say here, worship is for Allah. Just that. that. Worship is to be for Allah. That would not suffice on its own. And negation will not suffice on its own, meaning that nothing is to be worshipped. On its own would not suffice. There must be negation and affirmation. Just as he the Most High said, فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالْطَاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 256. Yeah, with the explanation. So whoever rejects the false objects of worship and truly believes in and worships Allah. And likewise in the ayah, وَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا Surah Al-Nisa, the fourth surah, I-36, with the explanation. And worship Allah, and do not associate anything with worship along with Him. Both of these things are essential. If we deny and negate worship from everything besides Allah, and we affirm worship for Allah alone. Both have to be there. Negation and affirmation. So if you say, Allah is one who deserves worship, this will not suffice. Because alert 
is an ilah, is a god, is one who's worshipped. The word god here, ilah, means one who's worshipped. And al-uzza is one who was worshipped. And manat was an ilah, an object of worship. All of the idols were called aliha, gods or object, objects of worship. And so it's not correct to say there's no, no, nothing which is worshipped besides Allah in existence. No, there are many things which are worshipped, which people worship in existence besides Allah, which people worship them. So therefore you must say, La ilaha illallah. None has a right to be worshipped except Allah. There must be combination between negation and affirmation. So that therefore, Tawheed is actualized and Shirk is negated. Then the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, continues what occurs here on page 169, on the Egyptian, in the Egyptian edition, page 131. <laughs> وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ إِنَّنِي بَرَاءٌ مِّمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي فَإِنَّهُ سَيَهْدِينَ وَجَعَلَهَا كَلِمَةً بَاقِيَةً فِي أَقِبِهِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِئُونَ الآيتين من سورة, سورة الزخرف He said and his explanation which will make it clear which continued from the point last week at the point about the shahada, and that it contains negation and affirmation. He said, and its explanation, which will make it clear, is his saying, he the most high, and he quotes two ayahs from Surah Zukhruf, the 43rd surah, ayahs 26, and 28, or, uh, ayahs 26 to 28, three ayahs, well, ayat three ayahs from Surah Zukhruf, ayahs 26 to 28 with the explanation and remember when Ibrahim said to his father and to his people I am totally free of everything that you worship except for the one who created me for he will guide me and Allah made it a saying to persist amongst his progeny so that they might remember and return to obedience to their Lord Shaykh Fawzan said in explanation of this ayah the best thing to explain the Quran is the Quran so la ilaha illallah has been explained by Allah in the Quran and that is in the saying of his Khalil, his specially chosen one, in Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam. In that which Allah mentioned from him. Innani In the saying of Ibrahim alayhi salam to his father and to his people, I am totally free. Shaykh said, this is nafi, this is negation. <coughs> la ilaha. It has the same meaning as la ilaha. 
none has the right to be worshipped. The next part of the ayah, with the meaning, except for the one who created me. He stated that he was free, totally free, of everything which you people worship. So she said that is negation. That's the meaning of la ilaha. Illa ladhi fatarani. Except for the one who created me. She said, meaning, illa Allah, except for Allah. This is affirmation. He freed himself from the worship of everything that's worshipped besides Allah. Except, and he affirmed, the worship of Allah alone. Shaykh Razan said, so this ayah is an explanation of the meaning of la ilaha illallah completely. It's a full and complete it's an explanation of la ilaha illallah. That's where Shaykh Fawzan ends the explanation of that particular ayah, just as some side points. And with regard to Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, then he said, referring to the words of the author Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Abdul Wahhab, he said, <coughs> referring to his words, and its explanation, which will make it clear, is his saying, he the Most High. Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami said, he said, the Shaykh was meaning to say that this saying, La ilaha illallah, is explained in many eyes of the Quran. If someone wants to know what is, or if there's some dispute, or someone wants to know what is the meaning of the Shaykh, what is the true meaning? People dispute, what's the true meaning? The Shaykh, the Shaykh is making the point, it's explained, its meaning is explained in many eyes of the Quran. And he mentioned some of them. I mean, this ayah and the one that follows are just two of the ayahs out of the many ayahs which explain the meaning of the shahada. Then he said, carrying on after, after some speech, he said, with regard to the part of the ayah, With the explanation, and he, Allah, he made it a saying to persist in the progeny, in the descendants and offspring, the descendants of Ibrahim. He made that saying to persist amongst them. So that they should turn back. Shaykh Muhammad Aman said, And this nation, this nation here of the Muslims of Islam, and this nation is from the progeny of Ibrahim, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because he was the father of the prophets. He was the father of the prophets who came after him. So this saying, la ilaha illallah that is, it has remained with all of the prophets. And it is found in the last of the nations, which is this nation. The saying, La ilaha illallah, has remained along with its meaning. Along with its meaning. Also, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin al Qasim, he said in explanation of this part of the text, he said, so it becomes clear that the meaning of the saying La ilaha illallah is to free oneself from the worship of everything besides Allah and to make worship with all of its types for Allah alone. 
carried on. And then he said, And the meaning of La ilaha illallah is an nafi wal ithbad, is a negation and an affirmation. And it is al wala wal bara, and it is alliance on that basis and cutting off, having enmity upon that basis. And whoever believes that merely by saying it, merely by saying the shahada, a person will enter paradise and will not enter the fire, then he has made a mistake. And someone who thinks that, if you just say shahada, I mean, without any conditions whatsoever, as we will see later, Shaykh Razal mentions the conditions for that ilaha illallah. That somebody says it unrestrictedly. They just say it on their tongue. Anybody who thinks that you can just say it upon your tongue, you will then enter paradise and will not enter the fire. Then he has made an error. Because the saying of Tawheed has things which will break it. Things which will take a person outside of the religion. Even if he says, La ilaha illallah, and knows its meaning. Then continuing back to the main text, the saying of Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he quotes a second ayah, which gives the meaning of the shahada. He said, وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَى كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ أَنْ لَا نَعْبُدُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا نُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَأْتَخِذَ بَعْضُنَا بَعْضًا أَرْبَابًا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ تَوَلَّوْا أَقُولُ اشْهَدُوا بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ Al-Ayah and he quotes the ayah from Surah Al-Imran, the third surah, ayah 64, with the explanation. Say, O people of the scripture, come to a word of justice between us, that we will single out Allah with all worship, and will not worship anything else besides him. Nor will we take one another as lords besides Allah. Then if they turn away, then say, bear witness that we are Muslims, submitting to Allah and making our worship purely and sincerely for Him. Shaykh al-Fawzan, Allah said in explanation, He's saying He the Most High. قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَى كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ أَلَّا نَعْبُدَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا نُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا Part of the ayah with the explanation Say, O people of the book, people of the scripture Come to a word of justice between us That we will single out Allah with all worship And will not worship anything else besides Him Shaykh Fawzan said This ayah from Surah Al-Imran came down with regard to the deputation of Najran. There's a deputation that you find in the books of Sirah. They came right just, just before the death, the year, year before or shortly before the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa a deputation of Christians <coughs> of Najran that came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So Shaykh Fawzan said, this ayah came down with regard to the deputation of Najran. 
who were Christians. Those who came to the Prophet and they debated with him and they asked him questions. And a long, a long conversation occurred between them and him. And they were Christians from the Christians of the Arabs. And at the end, the Prophet requested from them Al-Mubahala. I mean, when the Prophet called them and called them, gave the evidences, and they refused, obstinately refused what he was calling them to, even though they knew in their hearts it was the truth. So they refused. So in the end of all that, at the end, Prophet as the Sheikh said, he called for Al-Mubahala. He called for them to engage in Al-Mubahala, calling down Allah's curses upon whoever was lying. The Shaykh gives the evidence for that. فَقُلْ تَعَالَوْ نَدْعُ أَبْنَاءَنَا وَأَبْنَاءَكُمْ وَنِسَاءَنَا وَنِسَاءَكُمْ وَأَنفُسَنَا وَأَنفُسَكُمْ ثُمَّ نَبْتَهِلْ فَنَجْعَلْ لَعْنَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْكَادِبِينَ Same surah, surah Al-Imran, the third surah, I-61. With the explanation. Then say, come, let us call our children and your children. And our women folk and your women folk, women folk, and ourselves and yourselves, and then let us invoke and call down Allah's curse upon the liars. Sheikh Fawzan said. So when he requested Al Mubahala, calling down curses upon the liars from them, then they feared, and they did not engage in calling down the curses. along with him, alayhi salatu wassalam. Rather, they handed over the jizya to him. And they agreed, they, they wouldn't agree, they, they, they wouldn't do that. They said, we'll make an agreement, we'll pay the jizya to you, we'll accept the Muslim rule over us, and we'll, we'll give you the jizya, we'll hand over jizya. We won't, we won't call down Allah's curses upon the liars, they wouldn't agree to do that. The Shaykh said, because they knew that they were upon falsehood. And that he was the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Shaykh said, he's saying, Nabtahil, meaning, Nad'u billa'ana ala al-kathibi minna. Saying, Nabtahil means, let us call the curse down upon the liar from us. The Shaykh said, and they knew that they were the ones who were the liars. And if they had engaged in calling down curses, Allah's curse, it would have descended upon them. And we said, rather, fire would have descended upon them and consumed them there in their places. So therefore they said, no, we won't do so. Rather, we will hand over the jizya. Special tax, the jizya, we will hand it over. And we will not engage in calling Allah's curses down upon the liars. Shaykh said, so the Prophet ﷺ, he accepted the payment of jizya from them. So it had become clear to them that Allah had indeed commanded him with what was contained in this ayah. It was contained in the ayah, the command to come to the saying of justice between them.
of worshipping Allah alone and not associating anything with Him. That became clear to them. That he was indeed, this was something Allah had commanded him with. Shaykh Fawzan said, and this ayah contains the meaning of La ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah. So, so he's saying, Allah with the meaning that we will not worship. This is a negation. And he's saying, Illallah, with the meaning except Allah. This is affirmation. So it contains again nafi and ithbat. Exactly the same as the shahada. La ilaha illallah. And this is the adl, this is the justice for which the heavens and the earth are established. So the heavens and the earth are established upon Tawheed, singling out Allah with all worship, and upon justice, Al-Adam. So we do not associate anything in worship along with Him. Neither the Al-Masih, neither the Messiah, whom they, whom they claim is a Lord, and whom they worship besides Allah. Nor anyone besides Al-Masih, nor do we worship anyone besides the Messiah. Not even Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam, nor anyone from the Prophets, nor anyone from the righteous people, nor anyone from the awliya, from the beloved servants of Allah. We do not worship any of them. Allah na'buda illallah, wa la nushrika bihi shay'ah. With the explanation that we will not worship except Allah. And we will not associate anything at all with Him. Then Shaykh Fazan quotes the next part of the ayah. وَلَا يَأْتَخِذَ بَعْضُنَا بَعْضًا أَرْبَابًا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ The explanation. And we will not take one another as lords besides Allah. Shaykh Fazan said, meaning just as you, referring to Christians, just as you have taken, the people of the book, just as you have taken the rabbis and monks as lords besides Allah the Most High. And the Shaykh quotes an ayah as proof for this. اتخذوا أحبارهم ورهبانهم أربابا من دون الله والمسيح ابن مريم وما أمروا إلا ليعبدوا إلها واحدة. Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, ayah 31. With the explanation... They took their pre they took their rabbis and their monks as lords besides Allah and also the Messiah, the son of Maryam. And they were not commanded except that they should worship a single God. Shaykh Fawzan said. And the taking of rabbis and monks as lords besides Allah is something which Allah's Messenger وسلم, explained to be their obeying them in declaring lawful whatever Allah in declaring lawful that which Allah has made forbidden. So it's taken the people of the book, taking their rabbis and monks as lords besides Allah. He said the Prophet Allah's Messenger وسلم, explained what, what was meant by that to be the fact that they obeyed them. In making lawful that which Allah had made forbidden. And in making forbidden that which Allah had made lawful. In a footnote here, they mention, this is based upon a hadith, 
I said refer to the hadith of Adi ibn Hatim radiallahu anhu. This was reported by Tirmidhi as hadith 3095. This hadith was, was declared Hassan, good, by Shaykh al-Rahman. Rahimahullah. And in it, there occurs that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَمَّا إِنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَكُونُوا يَعْبُدُونَهُمْ وَلَكِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا أَحَلُّوا لَهُمْ شَيْئًا إِسْتَحَلُّوهُ وَإِذَا حَرَّمُوا عَلَيْهُمْ شَيْئًا حَرَّمُوهُ <coughs> The longer hadith, the hadith of Ali ibn Hatim, who used to be a Christian, and he accepted Islam. So when he heard this ayah, then he raised an objection, or he asked, he asked a question to understand. I mean, we used to be Christians, we hadn't used to worship, we hadn't used to worship our people knowledge. So the Prophet ﷺ explained what was meant by that. So he said, they had not used to directly worship them, but rather when they, mean when the priests and the monks, when they declared something lawful for them, then they would declare it lawful. And when they declared something forbidden for them, they would take it as being, well, he said, when they made something forbidden for them, then they would take it as being forbidden. That is what is meant. Whatever their priests and rabbis declared lawful, the people would follow them upon that, take it as being lawful. Whatever they declared forbidden, they would accept what they said and take it as being forbidden. Shaykh Fawzan said, this is the meaning of their taking them as lords besides Allah. Since they used to declare lawful that which Allah had made forbidden, and they used to declare forbidden things which Allah had made lawful. So there, the people obeying them upon that is taking them as lords. Because the one who legislates for the people and declares things permissible for the people and declares things forbidden is Allah the perfect and most high. That is the right of Allah the most high to legislate, to make things lawful, to make things forbidden. That is the right of Allah the perfect and most high. And he continues with the ayah, فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا What's the ayah from Surah Ali Imran? فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا With the explanation, so if they turn away, Shaykh Fawzan said, meaning, and do not accept the call to Tawheed. فَقُولُوا اشْهَدُوا بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ The explanation, then say, bear witness that we are Muslims. Obedient to Allah, worshiping Him alone. Shaykh Ghazan said, They called them to bear witness that they were upon Tawheed. They were people of Tawheed, Muwahhidun. And that they were Kuffar, unbelievers. That's what's meant by the, by the ayah. Calling those people of the book who deny and refuse to accept to bear witness then that in, but we are people of Tawheed, who worship Allah alone. And to bear witness that they are unbelievers. So they made clear to them the falsity of what they were upon. So this ayah shows al-bara'a. It shows freeing oneself from the religion of the people of shirk. And to <coughs> clearly state that. Shadu. Bear witness that we are Muslims. This contains the obligation of clearly announcing the falsity of what the people of shirk are upon and of not remaining silent about it and of clearly announcing 
the falsity of shirk and of refuting its people. Then Shaykh Fawzan brings a summary with some important points which we'll move on to in a moment insha'Allah. But before that, then again, Shaykh Abdul Muslim Al-Qasim, he mentioned something with regard to this ayah, this ayah from Surah Ali Imran, that he said, And this noble ayah, the Prophet ﷺ used to write it in his letters to the kings from the people of the book. He used to write this letter in his letters to the kings. As a side point here, you'll find the proofs for that, that he wrote that indeed in the letter to An-Najashi, the Negus, the Abyssinian king. He wrote this ayah within that letter. The evidence being reported by a Muslim as hadith 1774. Likewise, when he wrote to Qaisar, king of the Byzantines, he wrote this ayah in the letter as well. Hadith being reported by Al-Bukhari, hadith number 2941, and by Muslim. So the Shaykh said, this ayah, this noble ayah, the Prophet ﷺ used to write it to the kings of the people of the book. And he also used to recite it in the second rak'ah of the sunnah before Fajr. The two rakahs of Sunnah prayer before Fajr, he used to recite this ayah in the second rakah. Hadith been reported by a Muslim from Hadith of Ibn Abbas. He said, because it comprises a call to a single religion. So all of the messengers, all of the prophets and messengers, والسلام, agreed, and their calls comprised. <coughs> Tawheed of worship built upon the worship of Allah alone. And the belief that all of mankind and all of creation, it is not correct for them to worship anything. Although he said it's not correct for them to have to claim anything from the special qualities of lordship, nor any of the attributes of divinity. So if the people of the book comply and others, if the people of the book and others comply with this, then they will be guided. Otherwise, they will be blindly upon misguidance. Then Shaykh Fawzan, to continue with the explanation of Shaykh Fawzan, he said, and in summary, so he's finished explaining the ayah, then he says, and in summary, so he's given the two, the two ayahs the author brought, explaining the meaning of la ilaha illallah. None has a right to be worshipped except Allah. Then he said, and in summary, La ilaha illallah, man has a right to be worshipped, except Allah has two pillars. And they are al-nafi, negation, and al-ithbat, affirmation. I mean, the shahada, it negates something, denies something, and it affirms something else. So if it is said to you, what are the pillars of La ilaha illallah, then say, al-nafi wal-ithbat. These pillars are negation and affirmation. Then he moves on to another very important point. He says, and its conditions, its shirut. Well, no doubt the shahada has <coughs> conditions. La ilaha illallah has conditions. He said, its conditions are seven. It will not benefit. Saying the shahada will not benefit except with these conditions.
And just as a, as a side point there, Al-Hafid Al-Hakami al-hakim, al-hakim, made an important point here that these seven conditions for the Shahada, what is not desired is put, just merely that the person memorizes them. He memorizes the list and that's it. Rather, what's, what's desired is that a person is actually upon them. He actualizes, he, he's aware of them and, and actualizes them, makes sure he puts these and implements these. Whether he can memorize them or not is, is another matter, but the, he is upon them. In his saying of La ilaha illallah, he's implementing these seven. Not just, he said, because how many people are who can memorize the list, but they don't implement them in, the, in there. They don't implement them. So the point of Shaykh al-Fawzan, he said, and its conditions, it has conditions, which are seven. It will not benefit except with these conditions. And someone has written them in a line of poetry and said, <coughs> Ilmun yaqeenun wa ikhlasun wa sidquka ma'a mahabbatin wa anqiyadin wa alqabooli laha Knowledge, certainty, purity and sincerity and you're being truthful along with love and compliance and acceptance of them Ilmun yaqeenun wa ikhlasun wa sidquka Knowledge and certainty, purity and, purity and sincerity, and you're being truthful. Along with love, compliance, and acceptance of it. Then Shaykh Al-Fazan, he explains them one by one. He said, so Al-Ilm, the first condition, Al-Ilm, conditions for La ilaha illallah, the person saying La ilaha illallah, being upon it. First condition is knowledge of it, knowledge of its meaning. So, so the first condition is al-ilm, knowledge. And as the sheikhs from before as well, what they do, they mention the, the uh, condition and they mention the opposite of it, opposite of it, to make it very clear what is meant by it. So said, so knowledge, al-ilm, its opposite is al-jahl, its opposite is <coughs> ignorance. So the person who says la ilaha illallah with his tongue, but he is ignorant of its meaning then La ilaha illallah will not benefit him. And a person who says La ilaha illallah, you ask him, what does it mean? I don't know. It will not benefit him. He doesn't have a clue what it means. He just says it upon his tongue. Secondly, Al-Yaqeen, certainty. So, or such that he does not have any doubt. Because some people may know its meaning. However, they have a doubt about that. So his knowledge is not correct. He must have yaqeen, he must have certainty of la ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that it is true. He must have certainty in it. He must know its meaning from the first one. He has knowledge of its meaning. And then he must be certain of that meaning. Not be doubtful. I've heard it said that. And I don't know what some people say. He must be certain of that meaning. I have no doubt that it is true. Thirdly, the third condition, al-ikhlas, purity and sincerity. Shaykh said, its opposite is al-shirk. Its opposite is shirk. Purity and sincerity of worship. Its opposite is shirk. He said, some people say, la ilaha illallah, but they do not abandon shirk. You find them being people who commit shirk. As is presently the case today, with the worshippers of the graves 
those people will not be benefited by La ilaha illallah. By the same, Imam has a right to worship him, but by the same, La ilaha illallah. Because from its conditions, it's abandoning shirk. In the meaning of the shahada is abandoning shirk, but they still persist upon it. They say upon their tongues, but they don't abandon shirk. Fourth, the fourth condition, as-sidq, being truthful. Being truthful in saying it. He said its opposite is al-kathib, falsehood, lying. He said, because the munafiqoon, the hypocrites, they say it. Because the hypocrites, those who are outwardly or are unbelievers, but they pretend to be Muslims, they say, la ilaha illallah. But they don't believe it. They're not truthful when they say it. He said, they say, the hypocrites, they say, la ilaha illallah. But they are liars in their hearts. They do not believe its meaning. They are liars because in their hearts they don't believe its meaning, even though they say it. Allah the Most High said, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ اتَّخَذُوا أَيْمَانَهُمْ حُدْ اتَّخَذُوا أَيْمَانَهُمْ جُنَّةِ Surah Al-Munafiqoon, the 63rd Surah, Ayahs 1 and 2, the first two Ayahs, with the explanation. When the hypocrites come to you, they say, we bear witness that you are the Messenger of Allah indeed. But Allah knows that you are indeed His Messenger. And Allah bears witness that the hypocrites are liars. They take their oaths as a shield to screen them. made the point that what are they liars? They're not liars with regard to what they say upon their tongues. When they say, the hypocrites say, La ilaha illallah. They're not liars in what they're, they're saying. They're liars in the fact that they don't, don't believe it in their hearts. That they're saying upon their tongues is opposite to what is in their hearts. That is the sense in which they're liars. Then the fifth condition of La ilaha illallah is al-mahabba. Love. Having love for it and its people. As Shaykh al said, al-mahabba and love. That the person loves this saying and is a wali, is an ally to its people. As for the person who, person who does not love it, or does not love its people, then it will not benefit him. The person who is enemy to the people of Tawheed, enemy to the saying, and enemy to the people of, of upon Tawheed, will not benefit him. The sixth condition, wal-inqiyad, and al-inqiyad, compliance. The person complies with it. Shaykh Fazan said, it is the opposite of al-i'rad wa taruk. Compliance with it is the opposite of turning away from it and abandoning it. And it is complying with what it indicates, what the saying indicates with regard to worshipping Allah alone and not associating anything with Him. And complying with His commands. So since you have acknowledged and have borne witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, then it becomes binding upon you to comply with His rulings and His religion. As for your saying, La ilaha illallah, but then you do not comply with the rulings that Allah has legislated and with His legislation, then La ilaha illallah will not benefit you. And seventhly, wal-qabool, acceptance, which I said meaning, 
acceptance which negates ar-rad, <coughs> rejection. You accept it and don't reject it. Such that you do not reject anything from the rights of la ilaha illallah and whatever it indicates. Rather that you accept everything which it indicates. Or you accept everything which la ilaha illallah indicates. You accept it correctly. Then Shaykh al-Fazal makes a point, many of the people acknowledge that they mention seven conditions for the shahada, la ilaha illallah. And he mentions that some people add an eighth condition here. And an eighth condition is added. Then he quotes the line of poetry in that regard. وَزِيدَ ثَامِنُهَا الْكُفْرَانُ بِمَا مَعَ الْإِلَاهِ مِنَ الْأَشْيَاءِ قَدْ أُلِهَا And the eighth one is added. I mean, the eighth condition is added by some scholars. An eighth one is added. In other words, that some scholars understand it to already be within the meaning of the first seven. And some scholars make it because it's important, so they make it a separate eighth condition. And he said, And the eighth is added. Rejecting whatever things are worshipped besides the one who is truly worshipped. Sheikh Fawzan said, Meaning, Al-Bara'a min al-Shirk. Freeing oneself from shirk. <laughs> so the person will not be a muwahid, will not be a person of tawheed, until he frees himself from shirk. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِعَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ إِنَّنِي بَرَاءٌ مِّمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ What's the ayah that we began with? From Surah Zukhruf, the 43rd Surah, ayah 26. For the explanation, and when Ibrahim said to his father and to his people, I am totally free of whatever you worship. And Shaykh Fawzan said, These are the conditions of La ilaha illallah. Eight conditions. There are eight conditions. So I mentioned the first the seven. Many of the scholars mentioned seven. And he mentions some of them add the eight. And Shaykh himself mentions so these conditions are actually eight. Conditions that we need to we need to know and implement. And there's a possibility that we could be asked questions about the conditions, and we'll see in